0: The numbers told the story they always do. So one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on Vsin.
2: Good Wednesday morning to you. It is a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, Visa.com, the Visa app, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV, all proudly brought to you by BetMGM. It's Gil Alexander. It's Kelly Bidlin in the hizzy on this Wednesday. How you doing, Kelly? Good morning to you, sir. Good morning, sir. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing fabulously. I believe that's a word. Yeah, sure. Um... We got a lot on this show. My goodness, so much to get to. Baseball with Jason Weingarten. I got about five baseball topics I want to talk to him about. The debut of Ellie Dela Cruz yesterday. God Ooh. of the Cross is the English translation of that.
3: I never thought about that before, but so
2: yeah, I'll point that out. Yeah, some, he had an okay game. So I, I have uh, we have NL, I have NL Rookie of the Year bets on him at thirty to one. I do want to talk about Luis Arias, because after saying, I don't know if I want to make this bet yesterday, guess what I did? I made a FOMO bet. So the Delacruz one I expect to win, the Arias one I don't, but I got them both. We'll talk uh, about Luis Arias, who is hitting over 400 now. Uh, For those of a certain age, that's a big deal. We'll talk about that. Uh, And more, DeGrom, Jacob DeGrom with the Tommy John as well. Pritch will be here, Mike Pritchard to talk NFL, Nick Whalen on, on the NBA, Matt Brown on golf, Will Hill with all his bets, baseball and basketball, Sia Najad to talk golf with us, Canadian Open. And legal ramifications or legal thoughts, anyway, live uh, PGA merger, which we were on air for yesterday, uh, Kelly. And I think we I think our, our quick reaction was the correct one. My my two pronged reaction was imagine being these PGA players. And the second one was, on the other hand, live not only did the golfers win, but they really did make impact on the PGA tour. They, they got more money for all the PGA golfers as well in all the process and, and forcing them to give bigger purses and change their event system. So we'll get into all that. I do want to start real quick before we get to the NBA Finals game number three tonight between the Nuggets and the Heat. I do have two tennis plays this morning, one of which is about to start. I don't know that it has yet. It's the over, the over in games in the Tomas martin Echeveri, sasha Zverev match. These are all on vsan.com slash picks. If you're a subscriber, you have these on the vsan picks page. Uh, this was up yesterday, yesterday evening. I got Echeverry-Zverev over 36 and a half if you want to quickly jump in on that. And then a little later on, I have Kasparud over Holger Vitas-Nadskov-Rune. If you really want to know his full name so rude over rune at about minus 131 uh those are the two remaining tennis plays we do have uh the other men's semi set up uh tomorrow the one that everybody's been expecting and uh, waiting for Djokovic Alcaraz Alcaraz now north of a two dollar favorite and I have Alcaraz futures in this tournament um but man I didn't think he'd be north of two dollars to be quite frank with you against uh Djokovic but it, you know hey he's He's the guy that's the guy to beat for sure, I believe. I'm
3: diving in on tennis, Gil.
2: There you go. Tail, tailing you today on Rude. There you go.
3: And then I'm taking you. Uh, Djokovic, are you kidding me? I can get him close to two to one? Yeah, sorry.
2: Stop I'm it. Well, now you're going to get Beat on that me, one. kid. It's okay. And then uh, the uh, the ladies' semis are set up with uh, Iga Sviantek. Iga Sviantek taking on Beatrice Adad Maya tomorrow, and Arita Sabaleka taking on Karolina Mukova. And the significance of that is if you listened to the Beating the Book French Open podcast preview prior to this tournament, that's what a preview is. I hope you bet Beatrice Haddad Maya to win her quarter at 8-1. to I gave that out. And I hope you bet Drew's Carolina Mikova to win her quarter. Can't remember what his number was, but both of those were given out on the Beating the Book podcast, French Open preview. So congratulations to all who tailed on those, Hadad, Maya, and Mukova to win their quarter. So those are the two tennis picks of the day, which brings us to the NBA Finals Game 3. Kelly's smiling, by the way, because our <laughs> colleague and a senior NBA you're analyst. You're such
3: a pro. I'm sorry,
2: man. I'm screwing you up back there. No, here. that's all right. I just want to tell people why you're smiling. So Jonathan Montobel just walked in the studio, our senior NBA analyst, host of Hardwood Handicappers, our fine basketball podcast, which he co-hosts with Kelly And he brought in, I guess, his son. Yeah, his son.
3: Yeah, his son. uh, At least, at least one of them. I didn't even notice him till he walked out. I was like, Oh yeah, we got got a kid in this thing. It was like (laughs) him and
2: his duckling. It was awesome. (laughs) It was. just trailing him.
3: And then he had to grab a jacket, like frantically running somewhere. Jvt, Godspeed! I hope you get wherever you're going soon.
2: I would have liked to have a conversation with the little kid. Right? Come on. Oh, that's too bad. I wish he came on commercial. All right, so NBA Finals Game Three, we should have had Jvt just come on set and talk (laughs) about. I was
3: like, Where are you running away to, man? (laughs)
2: So if you missed it the other day, the bet that I do have in the game tonight between the Nuggets and the Heat is the under. I got it at 215.5. It's now 214.5. I would not let it get too much lower than that, quite frankly.
3: It kind of stabilized there. Yeah. When you talked about it the other day, we we dropped down to 214.5. It really hasn't
2: moved since A little bit of resistance to that number. Yep. And, again, the thinking being that in both games, one and two, but particularly game two, the possessions, the total number of possessions is about 90 or 91 depending on who you believe uh, in their count. And that thing just barely got over with that few uh, of possessions. So for me, if the Heat don't hit an insane amount of threes, which is always a possibility, by the way, but I'm going to bet against that human achievement, and I'm going to take the under in this game. Tonight, game three, the series knotted up at one game apiece, best of seven NBA finals. We go to Miami tonight where the Nuggets are two-and-a-half-point favorites. And now, as I said, the total is 214-and-a-half. I'll,
3: I... I'll be looking live tonight, side and total. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think if it gets to a point where, you know, Miami comes out shooting hot from three, something like that, I'll be willing to jump in live on Denver. No real interest playing it pregame, though. So, and and I agree with you on the under. I'm not, I'm not going there pregame, but if I, same situation. If I get... Uh, a lot of scoring, a lot of made field goals early in this game. I can jump in on a live under. I do think that uh, is the right side of the total here tonight. Uh, and the only thing I might end up on pregame, and people might roll their eyes out there. Michael Porter Jr. double
2: double. Oh, the whole, yeah, the eye go, rolling go is happening. It.
3: Yeah, might go back to it. And I'm seeing it like four to one now. That number's getting a little out of control.
2: The eye rolling is happening. Uh, can I interest you in the in the uh, in the vein of Prop Joe on the wire? Can I interest you in a little proposition? What you get? Got some props in this game. Head to heads, how about that at DraftKings?
3: Yeah, this market's awesome.
2: How well, often? Awesome? By the way, when did they start actual. putting up head to heads uh, in the conference finals, or before I that?
3: Think, no, I think it was like conference finals. Yeah, okay. I think, like, I think conference finals. And there are way more options than what you're seeing on your screen. I just grabbed the ones that were most intriguing to me because that's is what I do. I'm a selfish there. producer. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's okay. We like it when you're selfish, man. There's, By the way, there's one of these that just leaps off the page. Yeah. We'll get oh, to yeah, it. Yeah,
3: yeah. You texted me the same one that I was thinking yeah. of. Yeah.
2: So here's the first one. It's not the first one, but Jimmy Butler minus a half. Against Jamal Murray and and fifty one and a half is what the total, total of combined both of them, points,
3: which I find even more interesting.
2: Interesting, I didn't even notice that when you sent that. Okay,
3: I would be. Very, I mean, that's a heavy lean to the over for me, but with those two,
2: yeah, I was gonna say I kind of like that mm-hmm. over. I didn't. I would. I wasn't even looking at the totals, but I do like that over fifty one and a half combined points. Uh, Jimmy buckets and Jamal Murray. Any play on that spread? Butler a half minus a half against Jamal. No.
3: Nah. That would be. If anything, I would go Jamal Murray, but I'm not. I wouldn't play that. I think the total over. I think you should. I think you yeah. should expect to see big, I, bigger games from both those I guys tonight.
2: I agree with you wholeheartedly that the play there is the over 51 and a half. These again available at DraftKings. I wish we could uh, bet here at DraftKings, but we we cannot. We couldn't bet at DraftKings wherever we were. Uh, I don't have a play on either the spread or the total here. Nikola Jokic minus nine and a half against Bam, and the total's 48 and a half. I don't want any part of either of those.
3: Yeah, me either. Th- th- this one would be slight lean under and slight lean to Jokic, I guess. But yeah, nothing.
2: Okay, Nikola Jokic minus three and a half against Jimmy Butler. Total fifty-five and a half. Uh, I don't know if I want that either.
3: I don't like that that total is that much higher than the one with uh, with Butler and Jamal Murray.
2: Here's the one that I love. Yes, Gabe Vincent,
3: Miami Heat legend.
2: Miami it Miami Heat great, is Gabe only Vincent. <laughs> <laughs> minus a half a point against Aaron Gordon, gimme Gabe Vincent on that, right? Uh,
3: yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you there. Now, I,
2: now again, I were calling to mind that Aaron Gordon in game number one in the early going was exploiting matchup advantages, you know, where he was getting posted up by much smaller guys than he, and and obviously the the Nuggets took advantage of that. But Eric Spolstra certainly knows that. And certainly has adjusted for that, and so I think Gabe Vincent just volume of threes alone. Even if you thought Aaron Gordon was going to get some, which I don't know that he is, but even if you did, I'll take Gabe Vincent hoisting threes minus a half over Aaron Gordon. The total, it's. I don't know that I would touch the total here at twenty-seven and a half, but I definitely want Vincent.
3: I was going to point out that's the. I'm more interested in the Vincent side too, but like if we're like considering the total, it's flown over between these two in the in the first two games. Because Aaron Gordon had that huge first game when they had Caleb Martin in the starting lineup. Uh, Kevin Love goes in the starting lineup last game. He still has 12. Gabe Vincent has 23. So you're sailing over this total in both the games.
2: Yeah. And then this last one is Jimmy Butler. And again, these are the five that Kelly thought were uh, noteworthy. Selfish producer. Uh, Minus (laughs) 10 and a half against your guy, Michael Porter Jr. Corner
0: pass.
2: (laughs) Hey, anytime you want to show up for this series, Michael, you're Welcome. Uh, Jimmy Butler minus ten and a half against Michael Porter Jr. The totals forty and a half. I will pass.
3: I think uh, him, Michael Porter's been talking a little trash too, right? Him and KCP didn't show up for their post game pressers. Step up, guys! Time to step up. The, KCP responsible for about eighty eight percent of the Miami Heat free throws in Game Two.
2: The big news, if I can—I don't know if I can call it big news—but the news in this tournament, and I think I'm going to get this right, Kelly. I have been saying day in and day out on this show that I do not believe Tyler Hero should be playing in this series at all. Like, I don't believe that Eric Spolstra should try to incorporate him into this series. Well, it is now out that he will not. Tyler Hero will not play in game number three. This was the target. At one, at one point, it was game three. Then they sort of adjusted it. Oh, maybe he could play in game two. Then it was back to game three. Well, he's out. He's out. And the stated reason, of course, is still the hand injury. The cynic in me, though, goes to my thinking, which is, I don't think you want him messing with the alchemy right now. Yeah. I just don't, and I don't think he's playing in this series, Kelly. Okay. I don't.
3: Yeah, I don't. I would, I would lean that way too. I don't think he probably is either. Uh, and and you have no idea how much of this is smokescreen, yep. right? Like, smoke might as well come out and say that Alonzo Morning's warming up, warming up as well. Like, you
2: know, <laughs> Ronnie Cycley's available for tonight's <laughs> game. Everybody, that could be an interesting insert. No, I I really believe that, because the way I asked it to you the the other day was, well, imagine if it was just Game 7 left. You wouldn't want Hero to play. There's only three to five games left. At some point, it does become ridiculous. And I think we've reached that point. Heat, two-and-a-half-point dogs. What else is new? Game number three. Can they do the impossible as an eighth seed? Tonight's game will go a long way towards that. I got the under. See Najad, on the Canadian Open, and live in the PGA merging next The numbers game on v the Sports Betting Network. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM with all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. won't take you but a few seconds. Then stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account. And start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. It's that easy. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. The gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Real quick, by the way, Ega beating uh, Coco this morning. Kelly, six four six two, Straight sets, pretty quick work but the most difficult match of the tournament, 6-4, <laughs> 6-2, six, six, so far. <laughs> so far for her at 6-4, six, 6-2. Six, Looking pretty good for Egan. And by the way, real, real last thing on this, because I know there's, there's people that are new to the show that are like, boy, he talks a lot about, uh, you know, a favorite on the men's side and the women's side, Egan, Carlos, uh, Egan Sviatek and, Ar- and Carlos Alcarez, the world number ones. You have to understand if you're new to this show, we probably spoke on this show, I did, about both of those players at least a year or two in some cases, before any other show any other it, any mainstream media, let alone other gambling shows or or, or uh, podcasts were talking about them, and we were making bets on them. So these feel like of, of all the legacies of this show that that might be at the top of the list. And I will unabashedly uh, make no apologies for betting not only ego when she was thirty to one or seven to one or six to one all the way down now that she's pl- you know barely in plus money. As I've said, she'll, she is going to be the greatest player of all time, in my opinion. She's going to win double digit majors. We'll see. But um, I have been on her every single tournament she's ever won. I've a Carlito, same thing. And if I hadn't had that history with him, I probably wouldn't talk about him as much. But that's, that's our, uh, that's our history with those two. And that's why, if you're new to the show and you're like, what? what, what talking a lot about these favorites.
3: She's like your Keegan, your, she's like your Keegan Bradley, <laughs> but she wins a lot more. That's right. Like slightly, a lot more. Slightly
2: more wins. Keegan Bradley? Who was your Keegan Bradley before your Keegan Bradley? Oh, uh, Gary Woodland. Uh,
3: I mean, no, well, hold on. Yeah.
2: Keegan's the OG. Okay, the come OG. on. I'm
3: he's, oh, yeah, yeah,
2: he's the OG. All right, let's bring in someone who uh, is not only a golf better, but also by trade an attorney, Sia Najad, kind enough to join us once again. He's a PGA and NFL analyst for Sportsline, co-host of the First Cut Podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at S i a n e j a d. That's how he spells his name, and he's wearing his traditional victory yellow today. How you doing, Sia?
4: <laughs> I'm good. I'm assuming I'm here to talk about the RBC Canadian <laughs> Open and only the RBC That's Canadian
2: it. Open. That's it. I, I just want bets on the Canadian Open. I want to talk about anything else? No, for real. So I was just so yesterday, Kelly and I were on air when all this went out, went down, and it was announced that the merger was happening. And apparently we found out moments after all the PGA Tour players found out. And so my two big reactions yesterday on the show were, as I said earlier, which is imagine being these PGA Tour players and how bitter they must be that the guys who took the money made out like gangbusters and they're coming back. So they got their cake and they're eating it too. And then the other part was I also mentioned, I go, but in the end, just from beyond that – Live really did impact the PGA Tour. They proved a point. They proved a point. They weren't paying these golfers enough on the PGA Tour. They could do some tweaks. They could stand to do some tweaks to their whole structure. From a legal standpoint, what is it between the lines that I'm probably not getting? Like, why do you think the PGA did this?
4: Well, a couple things. I want to go back to what you said about making the PGA Tour better because the reason we have antitrust laws is for this very reason, so that you can have a competitor that's going to allow the consumer and the players themselves to actually sort of better the sport, better themselves, get paid more, and what have you. It's to protect the players and the consumer. And I think you're right. When it comes to allowing that competition, now we have a PGA Tour that's probably going to be bigger and better. But in terms of what led to this, So last year, I made a statement that I think a lot of people thought was kind of ridiculous because of all the vitriol between the two parties that this case would ultimately settle. And the reason i thought that and i don't think this is the exclusive reason they settled by the way but one of the main reasons i think they settled is because long protracted litigation is not something that either of these parties wanted the discovery process was going to be brutal it was going to reveal a lot of things that wouldn't have only implicated the cases at hand but also maybe some antitrust stuff and things of that nature it just would have been a bad look it would have even though it's in federal court which can go faster it would have had, there would have been appeals, there would have been delays, it would have been hard to wrangle all the parties for depositions and objections to discovery and all those things. This thing would have lasted a long time. And being that neither party would have known the actual outcome. So you don't really have the guarantee of, hey, we're going to win. We just have to go through this protracted legal battle and pay millions and millions of dollars in legal fees. You take all of that with all of the other associated stuff. I think the litigation end of this had a very big part to do with the settlement in terms of why the settlement happened now. It's going to happen yeah. now as opposed to in the middle of the discovery phase, for example.
2: I think you're right. And, and probably that you know the calculus was, oh, they can pay these legal fees, meaning the live side, forever and ever and ever. This will never end. So yeah, $600 billion. Yeah. 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 I'm told, you know, 600 billion here, 600 billion there. All of a sudden you got some, you know, you got some real money at that point. Um, all right. Well, I mean, is there anything else about this that you, that you noted where you're just like you're, you're just mind blown by the whole thing? Obviously Jay Monahan's about face. Did you see Rory's? And then we'll get to your, your bets on the Canadian open here momentarily, but I just wanted to, to get to Rory almost, it almost feels like he is defending Monahan at this point, Rory of all the guys was the most vocal about, you know, anti-live and defending the PGA Tour and defending those that decided to stay and defending the integrity of the history of golf and what it meant to stay on the PGA Tour. And yet he's getting shouted down by other golfers, right, in in meetings with Monaghan. Did that surprise you? Not at all.
4: Because, unfortunately, the way we look at things, we look at things like – as if they're static, as if they're not evolving, as if they're not moving. Back when Monaghan was making some of the comments that he made and was really standing firm, I think he actually believed that the PGA Tour had plenty of viability long-term with their new plan and that no more players were going to be poached. And once sort of the months and years went by, or I should say months in this case, I think his evolution of thought, it just got to a place where he was like, I'm not sure about our our viability from a financial and from a player standpoint. So Mm. I think Rory understands and appreciates that that was then and this is now and 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 i'm sure he kind of got the I and mean, we kind of have some sort of tea leaves here that maybe he saw some of this coming as well. So no, I'm actually not surprised where defending Monahan. And I don't think Monahan's in a very good position because I think people are going to point fingers and I get that. But again, we can't look at things like they're static. We have to look at things in terms of how they have evolved since those comments were made, since that fight was put up. And I think it's just a different story right
2: now. I love your perspective. Sia. that's why we have you on. That's fascinating to me. All right. RBC Canadian open. What do you got?
4: Well, I mean, do you want to just do the first round leaders and call it a day? Okay, listen, I'll, I'll start with. <laughs> Let's do that. I'll start with some head-to-heads. These are clearly like the bread and butter plays. So I, I have three head-to-heads. I'll just go ahead and call out, and then I'll get to outrights and some first-round leaders. But uh, I have Justin Rose minus one thirty overs to hit the gala. I really like Justin Rose in this tournament in general. Um, I love his consistency. Consistency. I like the gala too in terms of his upside. But in a a head to head, I'm going to lean on Rose's consistency. I love what he's doing on approach in particular and really has everything in terms of the strokes gain metrics. This is a new course. So I really want somebody that's going to be relatively consistent or that I think is going to be relatively consistent since there's a lot of unknowns. So I have Rose as an outright, spoiler alert, you can see it on the chart here at plus 1800, but I also like him against the gala. I have Michael Kim over Mackenzie Hughes. Speaking of consistency, Hughes can be that guy that has upside once every four or five tournaments, but he's been really inconsistent and he misses cuts a lot. I believe he's missed three out of his last four. Michael Kim is making cuts, but the cool thing about Michael Kim and the reason you might want to play him in DFS at 8,000 as well on DraftKings is because he's playing weekends really well. His finishing positions have been really good. Two top tens over his last handful of tournaments. Really like Michael Kim, minus 122 over Mackenzie Hughes. And then my final matchup is Lee Hodges over Harry Hall. Harry Hall has been doing a ton with the short game. I just don't think it's sustainable. Hodges has made three cuts in a row. He was T12 at the Memorial last week. Just really like how the game is trending. Sticky stats with his ball striking, really like that. And then I'll just move to the outrights real quick. I like Rose. I like Shane Lowry. I like Michael Kim, as I just stated. And if you want to take some long shots, Ben Martin and Carson Young, speaking of long shots, great show yesterday, Kelly and company. But uh, Ben Martin, Carson Young at 90 to 1. I like both of those in the long shot sprinkle category.
2: See how he threw in the long shots promo right in the middle there, Kelly? Thank you, Sia. Long shots available. We're all all podcast or distributed. All right. What about, ladies and gentlemen, Sia Najat is known for one thing and one thing above all. And he is sort of sheepish in being known for this. It's first round leaders. What do you have, man? I have five, which is kind of a lot, and I'm gonna throw in a sixth because as of yesterday there are
4: no rules, so I'm just gonna kind of <laughs> do my thing here. Justin Rose and Tommy Fleetwood at 35 to one. Let's start there. I really like both of them. I think those two guys and like guys like Shane Lowry. I think this is gonna feel like batting practice for them, where they're just gonna mosey on down the course, and at the end of the day they're just going to be two shots up, two shots up up on everybody. Um, so I, I like those guys from a first round leader standpoint. Eric Cole has been a first round flasher. I like him at plus 5,500, uh, and his his strokes gain metrics are very good. His weighted approach is very good. Uh wedge game, all of that. Ben Martin and Carson young at 75 to one. I just mentioned them as long-term outrights. They're probably better suited in the first round leader market. Cause I don't see their viability over four rounds necessarily. And then the last one at a hundred to one Patton Kazire, he can bunch up birdies. And then the reality is this should be an easy scorable course. I think he has a shot to do it all, for 18 holes.
2: Wow. Off menu Patton Kazire, 100 to one uh, real quick. Cause we have 30 seconds. Uh, do you have any us open outrights yet? I
4: don't actually. Okay. I, I'm one of those guys that just kind of waits for the Monday market
2: to open and then and then I fire. I got you. See ya. Always appreciate the perspective, man. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Thank you. See ya, Najad, everybody. Once again, a PGA and NFL analyst for SportsLine, co-host of the First Cut podcast. At Sia Najad on Twitter. Kelly, that's why we have him on because his perspective is not the common one. He's like, everybody, calm down. It's actually not the most ridiculous thing. Is basically the nutshell of that. Will Hill. Wilson Hilson with his basketball and baseball picks next on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network.
5: The numbers told the story. They always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers
0: game with Gil Alexander on VSIN.
2: Hour number two of a numbers game at Visa. the Sports Betting Network, Visa.com, the Visa app, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV, however you're taking us in, we appreciate it. It's Gil Alexander. It's Kelly Middlin. All proudly brought to you by BetMGM. Still to come this hour, Nick Whalen from RotoWire on NBA Finals. Game number three tonight from, uh, not South Beach, but it's, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the terrain down there in South Florida. It's Biscayne Bay. It's Biscayne Bay, south of South Beach, if you will. North of Key Biscayne, south of South Beach. You
3: know, I don't really care though when people mix that one up. It's just don't don't combine the Panthers and the Heat together because that's about a 50-minute drive, five oh. zero to get from arena to arena.
2: All that stuff because where because the Panthers play in Sunrise, it's
3: Sunrise, and it's like west. Like, you're closer to the Everglades than you are to actual and South then, Beach. And then
2: who plays in Miami Gardens?
3: That's the uh, football stadium. That's, that's the, the football stadium, stadium,
2: which is also out there.
3: Yeah, yeah that's uh, – yeah.
2: But the heat, that's right in there. That's right there, in Mike. Yes. Yep. Looking forward to that tonight. And uh, we'll also talk to uh, Matt Brown, co-host of The Handle, which Kelly, a, all of all his gets, that's the big one this morning because Brown is – he is tough to book. Took a couple texts. <laughs> <laughs> Took a couple texts. We know him the best, hardest to get. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Kelly Bidlin would like to make a, an announcement here before we bring Pritch on. Would you like to say well, something?
3: Well, we've just been, you know, we've had a couple, a couple, we talked to Mike Pritchard regularly. And mm-hmm. we've talked to, at least me, me, I'm obsessed with the idea of Mike Pritchard's experiences in Japan playing football. I feel like he's probably played more American football games in Japan than any other player. I think he holds the record. I, I, I feel like that. Mm-hmm. And all I stated during the br- break is, without thinking much down the roster, if I could pick any person... At VEASAN to party with in any place at any period of time. It would be mid nineties, early nineties, Pritch in Tokyo, hanging
2: out partying with him. Wow. Yeah. Mike Pritchard, everybody. That is quite an introduction. Our own Mike Pritchard, VEASAN host, former number, or I should say former first round draft pick and of course college football national champion with the Colorado Buffaloes. How you doing, Pritch?
5: I'm doing great. Kelly, you know, we can also throw in Barcelona, Spain. Oh, oh yeah! <laughs> wait a minute. Let's hear about that. You know what? Uh, we played an exhibition game against the Raiders uh, in '94 in Barcelona, and that's when I found out about the siestas. Right, like the <laughs> entire city Barcelona was shut down excited. midday, He's
3: excited about, the siestas. Uh, and then
5: reopen up around seven o'clock, seven thirty, and then go all night. Oh, I, I mean. Love it. Oh, yeah. Kelly, you know, that 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 would give Japan, Rapungi and all that out there in Tokyo, that would give uh, them a run for their money. Barcelona was off the chain. All right. There <laughs> we go. Marking it on, marking it on the list.
2: Uh, <laughs> I get my Sephardic roots are over there in Barcelona. By the way, nah, you did, did you love that it was like sunlight at 10 p.m. also in Barcelona? Oh, oh it's yeah. A beautiful yeah. The thing. Best,
5: the, best food I've ever had in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I always said this. Uh, I've said, well, recently, you know, with COVID and all that, I'm like, you know, if, if everything hits the fan, uh, I'm moving to Barcelona because that place was incredible. Mike, but Mike, so luckily for us, it didn't happen.
2: I don't even want to ask you football questions. I just want to hear you telling Barcelona stories. Like, I mean, this, oh. I know, me too. <laughs> it's like, yeah. the greatest. What a life you've led. What a You life. know, it's
5: not bad. Yeah. Not bad.
2: <laughs> again, Freak Nick documentary coming out next year. Hopefully Pritch is yes not sir. In there. Ho- Yes, hopefully sir. Hopefully <laughs> I didn't catch any footage of Pritch there. Uh, let me let me ask you a few football questions. I, I keep asking you this one because we keep saying on this show that this is going to happen again and again and again. And guess what, Pritch? It keeps happening again and again, which is another another ball player this time, Isaiah Rogers, um, under, I don't know if investigation gave, gives it so much gravitas, but they're looking into his betting on sports, I mean, I guess what I'm saying, what I said yesterday was, I will, you know, wake me up, because I believe it's going to happen all the time. Wake me up when it's someone really impactful, like a quarterback the week before a game. Do you think, and I think I've asked you this before, and I remember your answer, but just to reiterate, you think the NFL would follow through? You don't think they're going to have different rules for different players on
5: this? No, no, no. It's all about the shield. Um, uh, I think the NFL would make a, a pretty big statement with said quarterback you know they're already trying to devalue players i mean look what the nfl did to lamar jackson until you know he signed back with his his former team uh deandre hopkins is kind of going through that too you know the the devaluing of a player like that right and so if it's a high profile player uh and there's been high profile situations before uh we we can name a few uh in which the nfl might have swept things under the rug uh, but when it comes to the shield, the integrity of the game, uh, this league does not mess around with that. So uh, to me, these players educate themselves. I mean, the NFLPA, the players, we, we get, and as a retired player, we get 48 to 49 percent of revenue sharing uh, that the NFL uh, generates, the revenue. And so we, we have that portion, that high percentage. And part of that is the partnerships with the National Football League. Uh, And the partnerships, as we all know, with the National Football League, includes Jack includes FanDuel, includes all these gambling outlets. So I don't know why guys are taking the risk other than the fact that they're not aware and not educated properly, right? I mean, back in my day, uh, when the NFL did not have these partnerships, they would scare the living daylights out of you in terms of if you had any affiliation with any type of gambling uh, because of the Shield. Uh, and being a Vegas guy, and I grew up here, I'm from here, and I, I would never come close to walking into a sports book. Yeah. I, w- I would get to the edge of the Westgate, to the stairs, and stop <laughs> because I did not want to be filmed or photographed uh, inside, and I didn't want that heat gill. So I, I think the players, they just w- they just need to aware of themselves, uh, be aware of the situation, also educate uh, about the revenue sharing. Uh, and therefore, when you retire, then you can enjoy uh, gambling like I'm doing right now. Yeah. I do the same thing at the Westgate, Kelly, but for different reasons that Bridge uh, does.
2: Um, um, so, but you said something in there. You said I don't know if they're being educated or if they're aware. Let's just let's just yeah. have one of our private conversations here. What, what is your mm-hmm. best guess as to like how, what percentage of these guys do you think are just unaware?
5: I I would say maybe. <sighs> You know, for the entire, entire National Football League, the current player situation, I'd go as high as 25%. Yeah, um,
3: that's
5: what I'm because, thinking. Yeah, you know, they're checked out. Like, we have these meetings with our rep, and, you know, and you got the offseason, you got so much going on, you have all these meetings. They'll, they'll have another meeting in training camp, I'm sure. Come up, coming later on this summer in training camp, there will be representatives from the NFLPA, perhaps NFL 2, and each uh, other 32 franchises reiterating do not gamble on your own team. Do not gamble on football. Do not gamble or play sports bets within a facility. Can you gamble outside of all that? Yeah, but certainly do not gamble on your own sport. Uh, I, I think I, I think they'll um, uh, you know slam that hammer down and and make people aware. But then also once the league starts, the season starts. I think your focus as a player will will go towards the season more so than the off season and what's taking place right now. But you know these guys are getting caught based on the fact that they. We're gambling, you know, during the season, too. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the awareness just needs to to amp up a little bit or, yeah. a, or a lot of it, if you will.
2: I just think that if this just keeps happening and happening and it's going to that at some point yeah. the NFL is going to be like, well, we can't do this to everybody who's gambling. I mean, I just we'll see. We'll see. I don't yeah. want to beat the yeah. beat the horse on that. Um, Debo yesterday mm-hmm. was asked you know, hey, how'd you, what do you think about your season last year? And this was after his 2021 breakout season. Remember, he had the contract dispute and they worked it out in San Francisco. But he was like, it was awful. And they're like, what aspect of the season last year did you think was awful? He said, every aspect. <laughs> Why does that make me want to bet the Niners more than I would have before hearing that? Is that a good because, instinct?
5: Yeah, yeah, because Debo felt like death. Uh, you know, think about all the injuries he went through, man. And um, uh, I, I think for his body, he got the contract right. He he got what he wanted from that standpoint. And they, they still utilized him in a certain way. But uh, the emergence or the trade of Christian McCaffrey kind of lightened the load a little bit for Debo. Um, but no, I, I, Debo is that type of player that is never satisfied. Uh, and when you have a great player like that that's never satisfied, that's the catalyst. You know, and I think San Francisco's got a number of those players. The only question mark I have about the 49ers right now uh, is the health uh, aspect of Brock Purdy. Uh, I think I think Brock Purdy's in an environment and a culture and where he'll learn how to get better. And being Mr. Irrelevant is irrelevant right now <laughs> because he's going to learn how to get better. And so it's not about where you start. It's always about where you finish in the league. And if you understand how to get better each and every year, you can have a fruitful career. So uh that roster is loaded. The loaded. only question mark like I mentioned before, uh would be Brock Purdy in yeah. health.
2: But you but it sounds like you think if not, you know, his performance in the last seven games last year, you know, before the injury, mm-hmm. if not sustainable, you do think he's gonna be okay
5: is what it sounds like. You're talking about Brock Purdy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean I you know, he's got so many people around him that's really good. And I play with Kitna, John Kitna in Seattle uh, and he was surrounded with a lot of great players and we went to the playoff. But then when he got on his own page away from what Holmgren wanted, that was the demise of John Kitna in Seattle. And so, he, you know, he found a place in, in Cincinnati, as we know, and certainly Dallas. But uh, these young players, you know, once they understand what it takes to get better and, and not uh, go outside the box here, color outside the lines, if you will, uh, and stay within themselves, but get better and improve each and every year... I, then look at the roster, right? We're going to see if Brock Purdy can distinguish himself that way uh, as a player, as a better. And and once you recognize that, it it might be too late. You might want to get out in front of that. But I'm betting on the fact that or or thinking on the fact that uh, he's going to improve this year if he stays healthy.
2: All right. We have 45 seconds. Uh, The Titans GM Rand Carthon in March, reportedly was shopping Derrick Henry around uh, for trades. In April, he denies it. Derrick Henry says he's not worried about, it. he's got a good relationship. Your thought on, you know, what would you post the price on a yes, he will be traded on an, and a no.
5: Ooh. Wow. I would make the no a favorite right now. Um, just because, you know, so close to training camp. I mean, to trade him right now, I mean, who's going to take that, right? I mean, there's some teams out there with some salary cap room, uh, but I, I just don't see that happening between now and training camp.
2: Okay. Pritch always fascinating. We'll do the whole story time thing next time, maybe. Thank you so <laughs> Let's much. Do
5: it. Thank you guys.
2: Have a great day, Mike Pritchard. Everybody, Visa Zone at mi Pritchard on Twitter. Kelly dreaming about hanging out with Pritch in the nineties in yes. Japan and Barcelona. What a time! What a time! A little Japan run, a little Spain run. Pritch, what a life. Nick Whalen on the NBA Finals Game Three next numbers game Visa, the sports betting network.